the book of Luke chapter 6, verse 43 through 45. And we're talking about from the abundance of the heart. How many of you like fruit? There's a few. A while back, I went down to help Tammy and Frankie work on their roof. We were down there, and John was there, and Dave was there. And I think we got there at like about 6 o'clock in the morning. Uh, we were tearing off the roof, going to put another roof on. And we got there, and you know, we worked all day, and it was getting hot. And like Tammy breaks out lunch. And I'm thinking, this is pretty cool. I'm ready for lunch. It's been working for like 6, 7 hours. I'm ready to eat. And she brings out watermelon and blueberries. I just got to be honest with you. If you know Tammy, Tammy's nice and thin and trim. Frankie's obviously thin and trim. You can tell I don't eat a lot of watermelon and blueberry. I'm saying, like, where's the beef? There's a whole generation of people who will not get that. It was a commercial years ago. So if I've got to explain it to you, you won't get it. But I'm thinking, where's the beef? And Tammy's bringing out, like, blueberries, watermelon, and cantaloupe. And I'm thinking, good Lord, it's, it's like 100 degrees out here. I need something to eat. So I didn't tell the other guys, but I rode and got some stuff. I stopped at McDonald's and had a few cheeseburgers. Fruit's pretty cool. I like a, you know, sometimes maybe you've gotten those. You've gotten a beautiful fruit basket. Someone sent you a fruit basket as a way of thinking of you. Is there anybody here who likes red, delicious apples? Okay, got a few. How about seedless grapes? Ah, what do we have next on our menu, Christy? Peaches. All of you thin, healthy people are thinking, yes. The guys like me are like, man, where's the pizza at? Next we have bananas. We got a few like that on your cereal in the morning. All right. Pears. I like them with a lot of sugar on them. Cantaloupe. Yeah, okay. What kind of... Weaver's Market. Do you know, any of you know where Weaver's Market is? I know there's been a debate for a long time over the quality of products between Weaver and Shady Maple. Many people in the area, they swear by Shady Maple. Other people swear by Weaver's. I believe the first thing that we asked for was apples. Who said they liked red delicious apples? Dottie. Here you go, Dottie. There you go. Red delicious apple? Did someone say they liked grapes? Oh, Jan. Here you go, Jan. How about cantaloupe? Let me see if I can... John, John, a little cantaloupe for you. Peaches. Mike, I know that you're a peach eater. How about a pear? Oh. Mandy's liking pears. Here you go, Mandy. Here's your pear. Peaches, apples, banana. Mr. Kramer, you raised your hand. Here you go, your banana. John, how does that, how's that taste? You can't chew it. Well, they just might, you never know. How's yours, Dottie? Oh, yours was very good. You know Dottie's just kind to me. Here's the thing that happens. All of you are being very polite and kind. I appreciate that. All of you are being polite and kind to me. Um... However, this has been something that's been going on for a very long time. People have been trying to pass off something false as if it's good fruit. They're saying, oh, here's an apple, and they throw a a slightly used flip-flop, 
and say, how is this? Is this okay? See, for centuries and centuries, people have been passing off the wrong kind of fruit. They've been misidentifying it. And everybody wants to sit quietly and act like it's everything's okay. See, we do that in the church. You see, there's a lot of people who want to pass off a lot of carnal actions. They want to pass off a lot of flesh and sin and act like it's good fruit. And, but not like, and everyone kind of sits around and we're all kind of polite about it. We don't want to offend anybody. When in reality, what we're doing is we're making a mockery of the Lord. And we're really embarrassing ourselves. You don't have to work in an orchard to be able to recognize that what I gave Jan was not a grape. Hmm. Now, if I keep calling it grapes, does that make it a grape? If I keep telling you, if I say this a thousand times, how's the grapes, Jan? Did you like your grape? And we call this a grape day after day. Does that change what it is? No, it doesn't. Now, a long time ago, when I was probably about five years old, my mom and dad allowed my aunt to give me a hamster. And I'm going to tell you about that story in just a second. I want you to hear this portion of scripture. It says this. No good tree bears bad fruit. No good tree bears bad fruit. Nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People don't pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart... His mouth speaks. The King James Version, I believe, says, For out of the abundance of his heart, the mouth speaks. Now, Jesus is speaking here, and he says that good trees, Jesus is saying this. It's not the pastor who's saying it. It's not the assemblies of God who's saying it. It's not an organization that's saying it. It's Jesus who's saying this. He says that bad trees can't bear good fruit. And good trees don't bear bad fruit. That the tree is recognized or the tree is defined by the fruit that it bears. It's either a good tree because it produces good fruit or it's a bad tree because the fruit that it produces is bad. The fruit produced defines what kind of tree it is, for those of you who are taking notes. You and I may look at a tree and have a hard time defining exactly what kind of species the tree is. But over time, as the tree grows and produces fruit, you're able to distinguish the tree and what type of fruit it is. What is the thing that sets that tree apart from others? The fruit that it bears. If you go to Mark's house and you drive up his driveway, Mark has several trees and they're all together, and there's one that's different. And I said, well, why did you put that tree there? Oh, well, when I bought it from the nursery, the guy said it was this particular species of tree. And he has trees on both sides of his driveway. And this one particular tree, they gave it to him and they said, this is 
this particular species, but as they grew, because they couldn't distinguish them apart. But as it grew, the longer it grew, you could very easily tell, hey, that's not the same tree there. There's something that's different about that tree. You may have bought a tree that they told you was an apple tree, but when peaches start appearing on it, you can be assured it's not an apple tree. I don't care what they say. I don't care how great of an expert the guy was at Lowe's or the local nursery that you went to. If your tree is producing, he calls it an apple tree and it's producing peaches, there's something wrong. Now, years ago, as I shared with you, I was probably maybe five years old, and my aunt gave me a hamster. She had three of them, two boys and a girl, and she decided to give me a hamster. Now, you just got to understand, knowing the family that I grew up in, for dad to let us have a hamster was a huge step, okay? It was a huge step. And we didn't go out to the pet store and buy this plastic thing for the hamster to go in. Because our hamster was going to stay outside during the winter. (laughs) Okay? So dad built my own hamster cage for me. It was a big hamster cage. And he went and got the wood and he did it and had the animal, the wire in there, the wire mesh. And uh, we filled it up with uh, shavings and we set it outside. But they would let me bring it into the basement to play with. And so... We brought it into the basement. And if I, don't rem- if I remember correctly, I believe we had a garbage can in which we would play with him in. And we would put him in the garbage can. And I would let him climb up to the top. And then I would pull it up. And he would slide back down. And when you're five years old and have never had a hamster, this is pretty fun. I forgot to mention to you the name of the hamster. When my aunt gave him to me, she said, this is a boy. And so, in honor of my neighbor, Harry, I named my hamster Harry. Now, Harry was, he seemed, time goes by, it's it's been a long time, and you kind of lose some of the memories, but I do remember playing with Harry in the basement. I don't think we had him a very long time, because Harry bit my finger, and I began to bleed profusely, you know, as I was slotting him up and down in in the garbage can. Harry bit me. And so mom said, well, you need to put Harry away for the night. Evidently, maybe we got a mean hamster. And the next day, we went down to check on Harry. I go in, I look in the cage. And Harry had four baby hamsters in there. I don't know where he got them from. Who brought in four baby hamsters with Harry? So we quickly decided, even though my aunt, in my world, at five years old, never owning a hamster, and my aunt had three hamsters... Surely, and I remember her taking them and flipping them upside down and looking at them and saying, yep, that's the boy right there. That's him. Even though said that Harry was a boy. Even at five years old, I knew that we had a problem because Harry wasn't a boy. And there, that very morning, we changed his name. That very morning, we changed Harry's name to Harriet. No matter how many times my aunt said to me, Harry's a boy. No matter how we identified him as a boy, none of those things mattered because when Harry started having babies, we knew that Harriet wasn't a boy, okay? So Harry became, no matter how many times I I wanted to call him Harry, he wasn't a Harry. He was a Harriet. No matter how many times my aunt identified him as a boy hamster, he wasn't. How do I know that? Because 
He produced something that boys don't produce. Okay? He produced babies. Now you say, that's really great. Well, Jesus said that we're known, that a tree is known, not by what you call it, not by what you name it, not even by what you confess over it. A tree is known by the fruit that it produces. And you and I are known not by what people call us. Aren't you glad for that? Because some of us have been called some pretty ugly things in the past. All right? And some people may have spoken negatively over you. That has no determination of what you are and what you're going to produce. Don't allow the enemy to lie to you about those things. But we are known... And we can be identified by the fruit that we produce. Just like the tree, you and I can be known and identified by the fruit that we produce. Just quickly, our second point is that just that simple truth. That the fruit identifies what type of person you are. I think it's important to go back to what Jesus said. Jesus said, and this is not our opinion, This is not our interpretation. This is not old school, new school. This is what Jesus said. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. As individuals, what type of person are you? Which category do you and I fall into? We can tell by looking at the fruit. And it's funny, sometimes people get mad at us. They'll say, you'll hear this mentality, oh, everybody's judging me, or people are passing judgment. Well, friends, all people have to go on is what you show them. That's what they got to go on. People have to go on the fruit that you show. And so if you produce bad fruit and people, that you can't help but recognize fruit. You can't help but recognize fruit. You drive by an apple, an apple orchard and you see a bunch of apples laying on the ground. No matter how hard you try, it's hard not to recognize that those are apples. You're not judging. You're not sinning because you see a bunch of apples hanging on a tree and recognize, wow, that's an apple tree. Friends, whenever we see people and we see a bunch of evil fruit from their lives, when you see people lying when you see people backbiting, when you see people gossiping, when you see people stealing or committing adultery, you're not judging when you recognize it. Well, dude, that's a bad tree. That's some bad fruit. But you get people who get, they act like they're all offended because you recognize the fruit that's hanging on their tree. Don't put it out there if you don't want people to see it. Simple as that, right? It's one of these things that we only have to go on what you show us. That's one of the reasons why the scripture says, even a fool is considered wise when he keeps his mouth shut. Huh? You know, how many times have I said to myself, oh, I should have just been quiet. I wish I hadn't said anything. If your life is producing evil things, Jesus says that that is coming from the evil that is stored up in the hearts of evil men. Now, here's one of the places that we have to struggle with. Because as believers in Jesus, for those of you who are born again, and if you are producing fruit that is evil, if you're producing division and quarrels, 
carnality, so much of the stuff of the flesh. That's a warning sign to you. We need to check our hearts and say, what is going on? Because this is what people do. What people will do is they will want to change what is good and what is bad. The Bible says in the last days, men will call evil good and good evil. So rather than when the fruit's out there, they'll want to change what the standards are. And they'll say, well, you're judging me. Friends, the word of God judges us. If we will judge ourselves, the scripture says that we won't come under judgment. So whenever God's word judges us, it already convicts us. It already reveals what we are. The word of God judges us. If you and I are living carnally or following after the flesh... And God begins to show that, and it begins to be revealed in the fruit of your life. There's no reason for you to deny that or hide that. It's a very good warning for us to go back and say, what's going on in my heart? What's going on in my mind? What's going happening here in my spirit? You see, because one of the things that you and I have to do, as long as we live in this human body, the word tells us that we're going to have to continually put to death what belongs to the sinful nature. Okay? The word tells us that as long as we live, there's going to be a battle that's going on on the inside of us. And so what we say is, whenever we see the fruit of our lives, on occasion, there's people who love God and are following God with all their hearts. But on occasion, there's some fruit that you are producing that you're embarrassed of. On occasion, there's some things that you say, because this scripture can be a really tough scripture. Because it says that a good tree produces good fruit, an evil tree produces evil fruit. And there's sometimes that although we love God, sometimes that we're following him, though the vast majority of our fruit should be good. Okay? There's times that you and I, because we haven't crucified the flesh, and if we're not careful that flesh wants to rise up within us once again. And there's times that maybe the fruit of your attitude is ungodly. Maybe there's things like resentments or bitterness that starts to come out. And you're like, where did that come from? That comes from that sinful nature that has to be crucified once again. That comes from that flesh that has to be died, that you have to die to the flesh On a daily basis. So whenever you see those things, the fruit in your life, that's not the fruit that you want to put on display. Here's another good point. Did you ever notice this? What comes out of your life when you're not guarded? You see, because most of us can, at certain times, control our behavior and our actions. Like we put our guard up. And we know that, well, I'm a Christian, and I should be acting this way. But what about the times when you let your guard down? What about the times whenever no one's around and no one's listening? Or you don't have your guard up and someone says something and something flies out of your mouth. Maybe not cursings, but criticism or bitterness or anger, and it just kind of reveals The state of your heart. What is that? That's because that old man is still alive and he needs to continually be put to death. So what comes out of your life, not just whenever everyone at church is watching you, but whenever nobody's watching you and when your guard is down, 
That talks about what's truly in our hearts and in our minds. Now, if your life is producing evil, Jesus says it's coming from the evil that's stored up in the hearts of evil men. Jesus also said this in Matthew chapter 7. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. What? Jesus is saying, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, not everyone who confesses. Oh, it's an apple tree. Oh, I am a Christian. I am a follower of Jesus. I love Jesus. Jesus says, not everyone who says it with their mouth. Not everyone who confesses. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, is going to enter into the kingdom, but only he who does the will of my Father. There's a third thing I want to point out of this portion of Scripture, and that's the last part of verse 45. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. King James Version would say, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. For those of you who haven't been here for a little while or maybe you've been away, we've been speaking on this principle of sowing and reaping and the fruit of what our lives produce. The fruit of your lips reveal your heart. The fruit of your lips, not just, I want to make this clear, not just when everybody is watching us, but when, once again, when my guard is down, the fruit of your lips reveal your heart. Jesus said it from the abundance of the heart. Perhaps you've heard this before, but if you listen to someone closely enough and they'll tell you all that you need to know about them. Do you ever notice that? If you listen to someone closely and long enough, in fact, they'll tell you more than what you want to know about them sometimes. If you listen to someone long enough, You can hear when someone is thankful, because it just comes out. You can hear when someone is full of joy. You can hear when someone is full of peace. You can hear when people love the Lord. You can also tell when someone is filled with fear, when their heart is loaded down with bitterness and resentments. I've come up with my own paraphrase for this verse In our culture today, I think Jesus spoke to what was going on in society. And and so they were an agrarian society, and he would often talk about things that made sense to people. He would talk to them about sowing and seeds. Why? Because everybody understood that. This is the Richie paraphrase. I don't know that I'm necessarily going to uh, patent it or uh, send it away, you know, write write my own Bible. Uh, But just for this verse... From the abundance of the heart, Facebook speaks. Let me say that one more time in case you didn't hear. I've had a hard time hearing lately. It hurt my ears, so I'm having a hard time. Maybe you didn't hear. From the abundance of the heart, Facebook speaks. Look at someone's Facebook, and it often reveals the state of their heart. 
The scripture says that can from the same spring flow blessings and cursings. This ought not to be. So with one side of our mouth, we praise God. And with the other side of our mouths, we curse others. Hmm. This ought not to be. To be honest with you, in our society today, one of the first things that I've done in this process of looking for a staff person, can I tell you the first thing I got? I've been getting resumes in the mail. Can I tell you, when I got the resumes in the mail, one of the very first things that I did. Can I tell you what I did? I hopped on the internet. I googled their name. And I read everything I could about them. And there were some that when I looked at their resume, and I looked at their Facebook. Do you realize this? That businesses today, HR departments, when they are looking for employees, do you know what they do? They go online. When you apply for the job, they go online and they Google your name and they search for all of your MySpace and all of your Facebook. Why? Because you're telling a whole lot about yourself on it. Your fruit is out there. Huh? Here's the thing. If you get offended by that, don't put your stuff out there. Don't be mad at people because they see your junk out there. Don't put it out there if you don't want people to know. It's ironic to me that people will say all kinds of crazy things and put it out there. And they're like, nobody knows. Dude, the whole world, people in China can look at your business. It's kind of crazy. Businesses, when they're hiring people, they go online. They look at people's Facebook because in their MySpace and all those accounts. Colleges. When they're looking for students and recruiting students and students apply to colleges that are desperate to take your money, okay? They want your child to be paying for the next 20 years uh, to attend their college. But when they are recruiting, their, de- their admissions departments go online and look at your students' Facebook accounts and their MySpace accounts and they Google them. Now, the things that we speak From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's in my heart is going to come out, particularly when it's not guarded. Okay? What's going to come out is what's in the heart. The things that we write, that you speak, reveal, to be honest with you, the things that people write, that people speak, reveal that some people are not right with God. You hear that? The things that people say, The pastor, who are you to judge me? The word of God's already judged you, brother or sister. Don't be mad. Don't be, don't put it, don't say it. Don't put it out there and be offended. Don't write it. Don't type it out there and be offended because the word of God already judges us. All I'm telling you is I can tell when there's an apple on a tree, red delicious apple. Man, I love these red delicious apples. These red delicious apples are wonderful. And everyone around is like, Dude, that's not a red delicious apple. That's an empty water bottle that you got out of the trash. No, it's not. That's a red delicious. As long as I can fool myself, I can tell everybody and everybody can smile at me and nod their head like that's a red delicious apple. But listen, I got it out of the trash. It's not a red delicious apple. Don't matter how many times I tell myself that, it's not. And your fruit, whenever... You're the one who puts it out there. Like I said, a wise man keeps his mouth shut. 
your fruit, the fruit that you put out there, when people see it, they know this isn't red delicious. And our lives, see, here's the thing. Fool yourself, whatever you want to do. But the world looks at us. And the world around us, there's people who, are, who don't know Christ, but they're searching for something. And when they see the fruit that we're producing, and they see this false stuff, this stuff that's junk, and they hear us with one side of our mouth, bless God, praise God, and with the other side of our mouth, say all kinds of crazy stuff, they're like, they're wanting a reason to believe, but they're also looking for a reason not to. And you just provided it. You provided it. When I live carnally, when I walk in the flesh, I'm giving the enemy, I'm giving him ammunition. I'm giving people a reason. They said, I want to believe in God. I want to follow God. But I want to see someone who actually lives what they say. You and I are accountable to God. And to the world around us, there's people who are desperately seeking to find God. And they see us. And we tell them, I love Jesus. I follow Jesus. And then they look at this fruit that's hanging. They're like, well, I never worked in a nursery. And I never worked in an orchard. But I, I just know that I ain't a red delicious apple. And maybe I ain't never been a Christian, but I know when something's not authentic. That's what the world says. They recognize those things that are not authentic. When you and I are not living what we've said. As I said, some of you may get mad. If you're mad, you're mad at the Holy Spirit because he spoke to me for you. So praise God. Someone say, thank you, Jesus, for speaking to me today. Thank you. We're just talking to you about fruit. You're the one and I'm the one who produces it. When I produce fruit that is not in line with the word of God, I'm ashamed of that. And as well, I should be. Because I claim to love Jesus. I say I love him. As I said to you earlier, we're talking about fruit. The word of God, you say, Pastor, you're judging. No, the word of God's already judged us. If we don't judge ourselves, we will come under his judgment. But if we judge ourselves... And if we look at our fruit and we say, you know what? This is no longer acceptable. This is stuff that's coming from my flesh. This is stuff that's coming from that old man that needs to be put to death. As we close, I don't want this message to be something that's super discouraging. Although if you get a little conviction, it doesn't hurt us. It's good for us. We need to take a look at the fruit that we're producing. Is the fruit that you're producing fruit that's in keeping with repentance? Is the fruit that I'm producing things that are like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control? That's what should be being produced in my life. Righteousness, obedience, surrendering to the voice of God, honor. Those are the things that should be being produced in my life. If you are seeing something else other than that on your life, then it's a very good warning to us. It's a very good warning that we stop and we take a look at the issues of my heart. Lord, what have I let into my heart today? See, if you can lie on the job to your boss, something's got into your heart. Something's defiled your heart. 
If there's no separation between you and the world, and if people, when they hear your voice and your language and your actions, if they don't see any difference, you're actually a detriment to the kingdom. I hate to be so harsh, but we're actually a detriment to the kingdom. We are. Because people are looking for authenticity. As a pastor, I've never asked any one of you, I've never asked any of you to be perfect. What I've asked you to be is be authentic. I think it's what God asks of us. He calls us to be mature. We don't want to be fake. We don't want to be liars. We don't want to be putting on a front because the world sees through that. And it's a miserable way to live because some of us have lived that way on a time or two, if we're honest. There's been times where our outside didn't match what was inside. It's a horrible way to live. What we've asked of you is that you would be authentic before God. And as he looks at you and that you would be mature. And as he looks at you and as he points out to you places in your life, fruit that starts to come out. And you're like, that doesn't resemble the heart of God. That doesn't look. Those things that I said, that's not the voice of God speaking. That's the old man. That's the sinful nature. That's the flesh. See, those things need to be put to death. Those things need to be dealt with. And instead of you changing your standards and lowering your standards to match up with what your behavior is, because Christians want to do that. You have Christians who all their lives, they knew that such and such is wrong. They've known that was wrong. When they got saved, God set them free from that. And then after they're saved for a while, they say, well, I want to go back to what I was doing, and I really don't think it's that big of a deal. And so they lower their standards to accommodate their behavior. God's never called us to do that. He's called us to holiness and to righteousness and to obedience. That's what he's called us to. He's called us to be different, that we're set apart. So the fruit that you're producing isn't fruit that's in keeping with repentance or fruit of righteousness. Let's not make excuses about it. Let's allow the Lord to speak to our hearts And let's take a look at in our hearts and say, what's going on in here? How could I lie like that? How could I type that stuff? How could I say that stuff? How could I behave that way? How could I talk about that person that way? Well, I can tell you how. Because our hearts at times have become defiled and corrupted. That's how you do it. And because that sinful man has not been put to death. Don't make excuses for it. And don't get mad at the world or at other people whenever they point out those places in your life. And when it's identified, because that's what we want to do. We want to get mad. Someone identifies places. We want to make excuses or be offended by them. Well, before you're offended, you need to understand how offensive that is to God. Okay? Um, We need to understand how very offensive those kinds of behavior are to God. But you know what? I believe with all my heart that God has called us to bear fruit that is in keeping with repentance. I believe that he's called us to be fruitful and that out of our lives is going to flow, out of your lives is going to flow a continual harvest of righteousness. The reason why we deal with these things that are ugly that we see in our lives now is because if I deal with it now, it's not even a problem. If I deal with it now, if I deal with the wrong attitude, with the wrong things that you said, the wrong actions, a lot of times the problems that it inflicts in your life are very minimal. 
okay, if I deal with it now. It's minimal. I confess it now. I say, God, no, I repent of that. And God, he just comes in, cleanses us, changes our attitude. We go and make amends for whatever we need to make amends, and it's done. The unfortunate thing is there's people who choose to keep sowing that fruit, produce fruit of unrighteousness in their life, and then let it just fall to the ground and let it sow more unrighteousness. And then they reap more and more back in their lives. Right now we're at the place where there's some, maybe some bad fruit that needs to be dealt with, and we're going to deal with that so that we don't have to deal with it for generations or for years to come. That in a day, in a few moments, we can deal with those issues that hinder us. As we close, I just want to pray for you. And I just want to pray that the Holy Spirit, that if if stuff's coming out of your mouth, out of your life, that's unrighteous, if the fruit that you're producing is less than God's best, that you'll just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and that you'll come to a place of repentance. Repentance is whenever we turn and we go the opposite way. Don't have to lay and cry for 50 hours or 50 years or beat yourself over the back with whips. It's a place of, God, you're right, I'm wrong. Let's get this settled. Father God, I thank you today for our time together, and I just pray in the name of Jesus for my friends. Lord, I know that you've started an incredible work in their lives. God, I know that there's people who, they would say, Pastor, God rescued me. I mean, you don't know what God rescued me from. If you knew where I came from, if the people in this congregation had any idea the things that I've been through, they would be amazed at what God has done in my life. And yet, in spite of all that God has done in my life, and as far as I've come, there's times that, There's stuff that comes out. There's things that I'm producing in my life that's not in keeping with what God wants for me. And I just want to repent of that right now. Lord, I just want to ask the Lord, Lord, I just pray all across this congregation that there'd be people who you would just point out to them, that you'd point out some fruit that's hanging, that you'd say, son, daughter, I don't want that in your life anymore. That does not belong. That is not who you are. That's not who you were created to be. That's not what I've designed for you. Lord, I pray that they would turn and that they would just leave behind those things, those things that would slow them down. I also pray this, Lord, that we would look at the heart because it's out of the abundance of my heart that the mouth speaks. It's out of the abundance of the heart that those things come forth. And so, Lord, I pray that you wouldn't just deal with the outside issues. Those are merely an indicator of what's going on inside. Lord, I pray that you would deal with the root issues, that you would deal with the heart, that you would change us. Lord, I pray that that I don't have to. I pray that I would be able to live in such a way that I don't have to guard my mouth. I don't have to set a guard on it because what comes out is from a pure heart. I pray for my friends that they would live in such a way that when they're squeezed, when the pressure is on them, what comes out is the grace and the mercy of God. It's God at work in their lives. Lord, be glorified in all that we say and do and have your way in our hearts and our lives, we pray in Jesus' name.